Hey, everybody. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Yomivorach. And it should be blessed. <laughs> Welcome to Torah Between Us, Parshat Toldo. I'm Kevin. And I'm Nelson. <laughs> and you guys definitely know who we are because it's not like we're promoting this. So <laughs> I don't know. Like people are just finding, oh, what's this Torah Between Us, number 63 on the, the list of top Jewish podcasts. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. But I you did, guys made it possible. I did have a coworker this week who said Spotify recommended this podcast. Get out. No, no, I promise. That's scary. But he's like, maybe I clicked on it from your LinkedIn post and then it recommended it. That's definitely what happened. But he said that it was recommended listening. But nonetheless, he didn't listen. <laughs> he but he's like, I saw it. You know, and you know those people and they're like, yeah, I saw you have a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, but did you hear that you had the pot, like that we had it? And then they, they don't answer. And that's how we lose followers. <laughs> by, by guilting people. Before we ever get them. Then they're like, yeah, I don't want to be forced to listen to something. It's like, why'd you bring it up? Just kidding. Well, hopefully <laughs> people are in a good spot. And that yeah. uh, brings people to a good place before Shabbat or before whatever you're doing or during whatever you're doing or after. Yeah. And also selfishly, it's just to bring us to a good spot and reflect. And hopefully there's uh, more Torah between us, all of us. More Torah. So in terms of more, um, there's a sense of, in this week's Parsha, Toldo or Toldos. Which one is it? Who knows? It's both. Is it Solzos? <laughs> like X equals one, you know, X can be one and it can be negative one. It's both. Mm. Or X squared equals one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, that feels much. I was like, I know you're better at math than me, but also <laughs> something's not. X squared equals one. So one squared is one, and negative one squared is also one. Although, definitely not soldos. No, no. That's wrong. Although we did, <laughs> we were in, <laughs> where were we? We were in Hawaii, and we went to this cave. Oh my God. And this guide of can i set the scene a little bit more yeah please we're in hawaii kevin finds okay we're number 63 on podcast this guy was like number one on attractions in hawaii okay <laughs> so we think it's totally legit we pull up to someone's house we're gonna do like a cave exploration of these lava caves and there's this guy that looks like he has a time machine in the back of his house like that's his vibe you know like the crazy hair like funky vibes and we just like pull up into his house and he has like this makeshift map and like random gear that we like need to put on. And then he takes us down to this lava cave entrance that he has in his backyard that he just so happened to find. And he takes down us and a couple other people. We didn't wait for some people who were late. So that was also the vibe. Um, and he takes us through this little path in his backyard. And we go down into this lava cave and there's a gate because he's like, oh, these crazy kids are always playing in my lava cave. So he locks us into the lava cave. He literally takes out a key and then he shows us where he puts it in his pocket with a zipper because he's like, in case I pass out or something happens to me, you know where to find the cave and you can get out. And I'm like, OK, everything about this is not making sense. But yeah, let's go with it. Let's keep let's keep doing this exploration. Wow. I totally forgot. So that, that part. that's the backstory to this ridiculous three and a half hour long excursion that's really you're only walking 20 feet but he stops at every inch to show you something about the cave that he definitely just read off wikipedia no he's like i've discovered this whole new way of thinking about caves and lava flows and 
Yeah. Thing. So he also has a new way of thinking about math, basically. So he was like, you know, this isn't the stuff they teach you in school. In school, they, they'll say this and this, but like, you know, all that stuff they teach you in school is wrong. And I was like, such as, like, you know, I, I mean, I don't think everything I've been taught is 100% correct, but I was just curious what his example was going to be. And I was thinking, this is a great idea. Stir the pot with this crazy man who locked us in a basement lava <laughs> cave. Yeah, let's go there. So <laughs> he said, you know how they teach you in school that a negative times a negative is a positive. He's like, that's just wrong. That's not true. <laughs> and I was like, well, let's say you say I lost, you know, my debt. Therefore, you gained money. And he was like, uh... He wasn't having it, but yeah, he's like, look at the number line. <laughs> if you multiply negative five by negative five, he was just like not making any sense, but was like very strongly convinced that yeah, this, that everybody else in the world is wrong there. So at the end of the 18th century, there was a famous rabbi, the Vilna Gaon, was commonly referred to as the Gra, and he used to say that someone's uh, Torah knowledge and someone's math knowledge are are correlated, and that understanding like a uh, pure logic and reasoning, those those help one get closer to uh, godliness or truth. So our tour guide was a pagan. <laughs> That's essentially what I've concluded. But he was definitely an adventurous spirit, and he was someone who was seeking. And Yaakov is uh, Jacob in our Parsha. He's someone who's, uh, it says Yoshev Ohalin. He's a, he's a tent dweller. Opposed a to dweller. A dweller. Grand <laughs> First heard here on the number 63 Jewish podcast on Spotify. And <laughs> so as a dweller. As, yeah. He's, this is in contrast to his brother, Asaph, or Esau. <laughs> Never knew how to pronounce that. Yeah, I don't it's know why. Uh, I don't know why there's a U or a V or what it is. Um, but he is more of someone who's who's out there, who's who's hunting who's seeking more rather than being someone who dwells in their tent and kind of is appreciative maybe of what they have or maybe more of like a like a whole body someone who's trying to yeah i mean we also see it just in like his actions right like he comes home from the field from a day of hunting. murdering hunting however the rabbis like to interpret it which is firstly i think it's so fascinating how the rabbis turn Esau into like a real like model for what not to do you know like he's like really made into like a quite difficult character um but he had great uh keep it up aid he respected his parents so it can't be that bad but but so definitely his father yeah his his mother oh oh okay daddy's boy daddy's boy (laughs) it's um the daddy boy um so he comes home from his day of murderous activities and what's it say um, it says that he's starving and that he was tired. And he says to Yaakov, hey, boy, looks like you're making some soup over there. Hey, mama's boy. Some lentil stew. And he's like, yeah, I am. And then he's like, I'll trade you this some of this stew for your birthright. He's like, what use is my birthright if I'm going to die? Like, give me that soup. Maybe being a little dramatic. Like, uh, give me that red stuff. He doesn't even say soup. He's like, that red thing over there now in my mouth, pour it down. My parents used to always get upset with us when we said, like, I'm starving or I'm famished. They're like, you're not. You're hungry. Your stomach is is growling. Like, those are serious words. Those, those have, like, you shouldn't use those terms. Um, but then 
he he's like, what use is that? You know, the birthright to me, if I'm going to die, give me that red stuff. And then Yaakov's like, okay, if you say so, swear to me. And then he swears to him and he, Yaakov then gets the birthright and Esau gets the red stuff stew. And then it says, Ve'yakov natan le'esav lechem nizid adashim. And this is chapter 26, or chapter 25, verse 34. Jacob gave Esav the bread and lentil stew. Ve'yachal, ve'yesht, ve'yakam, ve'yelech, ve'yevez. Esav et ha'bechora. And in the Hebrew, it's each one of these is and. So it's and he ate, and he drank, and he got up, and he left. And he belittled Esav, the birthright. So it's like six verbs in a row, which is pretty strange. Usually it's like, and he ate the stew, and then he drank the water, and then, you know, he got up to go there. But it's like, he ate, he drank, he got up, he disgraced, and like, he went. And it's this sense of like, abundant action without thought or intention. So like very much in contrast to what we were speaking about last week about doing enough and like being okay to slow it down a little bit. Well, it's like kind of the opposite. And so here, yeah, here it's the like, opposite. It's like last week we were talking about the idea of the mezuzah. Like when you get home, the name on the mezuzah is Shah Dai, which literally means like uh, it's a name of God. But they say that like Shah, like you should you should silence that voice die is enough and you should say die which is in hebrew enough like you got home you did enough today you did you did what you could um but sometimes it doesn't feel like you did enough there's like so much more to do there's i have to respond to this comment that was anti-semitic and repost this and you know help this person uh learn about shabbat and uh embrace their heritage and you know it feels like there's so so much to do but then you see the downside of that someone who's not moving around the world in the right way. They're, they're just moving. They're like uh, trying to do this, trying to do that. And then they don't, um, they don't do it with the right sense of intentionality. And they end up disgracing their birthright and their, what they're actually meant to do. Um, and it's been, it's been hard to be like reflective during this time to be like intentional like just especially with like the news cycle feels like it's almost like putting me on overdrive and then also being in New York City it's like there's I was describing to actually someone this week who was saying like you know what's the vibe like in New York like it's like you're down like a rushing river and you're trying to swim faster than everyone else Mm. so it's like you're being pushed and then it's like and you want to get ahead but is the water nice I think so. <laughs> I swim in the Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> you make fun in the Hudson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you're, when you're moving at that speed, you're like, oh, I have to check Twitter. I have to see this and this and this. And like, you, you, it's like, what did I actually do? I did a lot of things, but I didn't maybe accomplish anything or, or, or do it the right way or do it in a way that actually led to something significant like it was it was it was done but it wasn't that's what i'm saying making sense at all well that's for the listeners to decide 
well, you as as a listener, as the Torah between us. Yeah, no, uh, that it, it definitely makes sense. Um, That's also a little bit less of your brain. My brain is like correct. very very bouncy. Correct. I'm very much. Let me focus on this thing, and then let me move on to this thing. It's like much more quiet in my brain, which sometimes I'm self conscious about. I'm just like, does that mean I'm not as creative, or I'm not as smart, or I'm not as because, you know, you think of a creative genius and you think of like a tornado inside their head and just spinning up of ideas and this and that. And Kevin's convinced me that the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just like, I don't know. If, I don't envy Elon Musk and like all of his ideas. Like that doesn't seem like a... You don't want to carry around a sink to let people know that things have sunk in? Let it sink in. Yeah. Um, you don't envy that type of creative genius? He's creative, but it seems like troubled. Yes, that too. That too. Rather not be troubled. Yeah, no, we don't want to be troubled. But um, Rivka, when she gets pregnant at the beginning of the Parsha. After not being able to after, conceive for quite right. a time. So, it was 20 years. Yeah, so um, it says that Yaakov prayed on her behalf, and she also prayed, and then she got pregnant. It says, Vayitrotsutsu habanim bikirba. This is chapter 25, verse 22. And the children literally ran around inside of her. And. Sounds really uncomfortable. Yeah, it does not sound like Ooh. a pleasant pregnancy. But Tomer imkain lamaze anochi. And she said, Why Why is this happening to me? Vatelech lidrosh et Hashem. And she went to inquire of Hashem. Either literally she prayed or she went to. Someone, and then it turns out there's there's two. She's having twins. Mazel tov. Um, I don't know. Do you do you ever have that experience where there's there's two things running inside of around inside of you? It's like, oh, this idea seems better. Oh, then this idea kind of like overtakes it. That running. No, I, I mean I'm a very thank God, like I said, like a very clear one-way street brain where I'm just, okay, going down here, turning right, turning left, making choices to decide on what I want to go through my brain, whereas you definitely relate more to that rumbling inside. But I think more so, um, the, the reason why she's so troubled by it, let me dress him say, is that whenever she would pass by a house of um, prayer or uh, a yeshiva, then she would feel like kicking in excitement, right? Like sometimes I used to think that like, oh, I didn't really like Kabbalah Shabbat. I was like, oh, she's having a great time in there. Um, or like a Shabbat meal. She's like, oh yeah, like eat that apple cranberry and challah and like soak up that neshama yatera or maybe neshama triple love. Yeah. I don't know how to extra, say that. Extra, extra, extra soul. soul. But, but and now on Shabbat, she goes, hala, hala, hala. Yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> but... um. So, so when she passed by that, that was Yaakov inside her, um, getting very excited. And then when she passed by a house of idolatry or something not aligned with Judaism, then there would be this rumbling and excitement from Asaph. That's at least the Midrashi, which again goes back to this whole narrative of like good versus evil or, or like good versus bad and painting Asaph to be this very bad person from the get-go, right? Like from before yeah, he was even, yeah. which is a hard thing to, to right. even try to understand. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say it, but it the Midrashim, said... that's what they make him out to be. Like right. he was, his his nature was so aligned to this not good. Um, right, but there there is a sense that that nature 
even though like it says he came out red and hairy and it talks about king david also coming out mm. red and hairy and that sometimes this this murderous red yeah that red rage can be channeled to be a fighter to be yeah, a and defender david really to fought. Be, yeah to be someone who is maybe a butcher or someone who yeah. uh does surgery like we there is a sense of like having more of uh violent nature or inclination or tendency but it's not something that can't be channeled like sure. we we believe uh we don't believe in like celibacy we believe that you know you take your urges and desires and you can harness them to a holy means yeah um most definitely but but just bringing it back to your question of like how do you relate to this rumbling inside of you i think it's more so this pull towards good and then sometimes the pull towards bad which is like just the struggle between the yetsehara like good inclination bad inclination or evil inclination right but is there is, is there sometimes there could be just like two inclinations like i don't know um maybe for me something i think about a lot like the pull to be successful and be comfortable and uh want to you know get a, a good job and like a stable uh income and things like that and then the pull to want to just you know work in a children's home or yeah be like a like a teacher and like i wouldn't say that one's like a bad inclination and one's like a good inclination i think they're just like two inclinations like does that resonate at all with you definitely yeah i mean i think if it's it's like how much do you put on those glasses of like idealism and just like being all in low-key extreme versus <laughs> trying to have a balance in life um and like both of those are valid ways to go about it um but i also think we put an incredible amount of pressure on ourselves to you know, be be all, all, all in. Right. When it's like, maybe it's nice to not have to worry as much about finances because we have real jobs instead of... All jobs are real. All jobs are real. <laughs> but but uh, working at a children's home, like, it's an amazing work, but um, it might be more challenging to save and have as much financial security. Yeah. Is there any job that's not real? I'm trying to come up with something funny and I just don't know. <laughs> it's like, and my, my mind went to Steve Jobs, but that he is very real. <laughs> so that's as good as I have. I was thinking of like a Yelp food reviewer or something, but that's also, it's like a real, you know, people who could do that. But um, I think one thing that- um, The Nigerian princesses that need money, they're, they're not real. It's a real job, the people behind those, but that Nigerian princess doesn't yeah. exist. Hate to bring it to you. Yeah. Um, I think to to close out with a bracha and an idea um, of two conflicting things that I think about as well in terms of making those decisions in life about like this path or that path or this desire and that desire. And sometimes, at least for us, we've like waited for signs in our life like, oh, okay, this happened. This is clearly means that now's the time to go to Israel. And this happened. Therefore, now is clearly the time maybe not to go to Israel. And it's, it's never like 100% crystal clear. Only thing that's crystal clear is that me and Al are good partners. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, but Rivka tells Yaakov that he should go to his father and trick him and take the birthright. And that he either is deserving of the birthright 
or he bought the birthright off of Asav, so therefore he deserves this blessing. And she devises this plan for him to wear Asav's clothes. She prepares a meal, just like Asav would prepare a meal for Yitzchak. Um, and to feed Yaakov to feed Yitzchak and pretend to be Esav so that he would get the birthright blessing. And Yaakov is a little bit nervous about this plan and he says a word that that maybe my father will touch me, maybe he'll, you know, rub my arm and see that it's me, Yaakov, and not Esav. And one key point here is Yitzchak is blind. So Isaac Yitzchak is blind, so he can't tell who's going to be coming in. So by wearing Esav's clothes, he should be able to, to trick him. But Yaakov says, maybe my father will rub my arm and discover me. Using this word, ulai. Ulai. And in the Torah, ulai always means maybe something good will happen. Maybe this blessing will be fulfilled. And the way to say maybe this shouldn't happen is pen or lest. Like, oh, I don't want to go through with this lest my father touch me and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. But it says, maybe my father will curse me. Like, hopefully, possibly, this, this could happen in like, in the most optimistic way. And this is something that I think is, is a pitfall within Yaakov, within Jacob, that he, on the one hand, wants to fulfill his mother's desire and maybe his own personal desire to take this blessing. But on the other hand, he also doesn't really want to trick his father and he is nervous about being cursed. And he's kind of letting the situation unfold rather than making a decision. He's going through with it, but he also wants to get caught in, in some maybe deep psychological way. Does that make sense? Yeah, keep going. So I think for myself, sometimes I want to like, like hedge my bets. Like, oh, I'll, I'll do this and then maybe this will happen and then it'll be clear that, oh, this is, that, that second path is actually what I should do. Or like, I'll go through this first path and then, you know, maybe nothing will happen and then therefore I'll just, just keep going because no obstacles will come along the way. Um, and I think in our own lives, we should both look out for the signs and see where things are directing us. Um, and on the other hand, and like listen to those and see those lights that are guiding us. But on the other hand, to actually figure out what we want and to not just let things be decided for us or let the current take us to a place that we don't necessarily want to go. Um, and to be intentional with what we do, not to be like ASO and just be doing, 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 but also not to be too passive and just let outside influences kind of direct and guide your life. So... I hope we do enough. I hope we do the right things. And I hope, uh, I want to give us all a bracha that we should listen to our internal voices and see the external signs that guide us to the right places. Amen. Have a great job, everybody. Shabbat shalom.